you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, 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 food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. We all Today we take a look at APAS outlining a wish list for the federal election campaign. We talk with the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Ottawa announced just hours before the election campaign was to begin that they would fully support $500 million for the agri-recovery program, ensuring Saskatchewan farmers will get the $200 ahead. We talk with CN Rail and hear about record grain movement in the last crop year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. Saskatchewan's General Farm Group has issued a wish list for the federal election campaign. APAS Vice President Ian Boxall says improving rural internet service is an important requirement for rural residents. Building capacity in rural Canada is one of our highlights, and I think that starts with, you know, rural connectivity. I think APAS did the Rural Connectivity Task Force, and we laid out a bunch of questions in that and stuff we wanted to see results on, and it's time that the government who has put out ambitious targets to increase rural connectivity readdress those and readdress the timelines on when they're going to do that. Agriculture is a huge economic driver and a huge business in this country, and it's time that we had the adequate internet and cell phone coverage that we need to, to efficiently run our businesses. There's technology and products available to us to use to make our businesses more efficient, but we don't have the internet to run them. So we need to ensure that that happens. And then not only that, rural communities in, across this country are missing out on economic development because there isn't adequate internet service. So it's time that the government address those things to ensure that rural Canadians have the same standard that the urban people you know, expect. It's time that we demand that in rural Canada. I see your wish list also includes improvement and expansion of rural infrastructure and more support in agricultural programs. Outline that for me. I think we want to see some, you know, as we see this new suite of programs coming up in 2023, it's it's time that there was maybe some new money put into that. There hasn't been new money in the business risk management side or in any of those cap funding for years, and it's time that there was. As we we need to ensure that these programs work for every sector in every region. 
And once we get over that hurdle and we get that in place, enrollment in these programs is going to increase, which is going to put more demand on for the funds. So the funds need to be there as well. And it's time that it's time that this government put the funds necessary to ensure that agriculture is the driving force in this country. Other items on your wish list include improving market transparency and trade access. You bet. I think we can start there with the rail line. I think we can start with improving efficiencies within our transport system. I also, with COVID and with the influx we're going to see of livestock going to market, we need to ensure that we have the ability to process that livestock and get it to export. Our economy works on export, and we need to ensure that the efficiencies within all of those systems work so that we're not seeing big delays and costs to the producer that they can't control. We can't control any, but added costs that we can't control. So we need to streamline all of our processing and our transportation in this country so that we can get our product to export. One other item I see here is you want recognition for farmers for carbon offset systems and show that farmers are helping to fight climate change. You bet. I think... Farmers are the biggest stewards of the land. We care about the environment more than we will ever get credit for. Our whole livelihood comes from the environment. So we know when it's too wet. We know when it's too dry. We understand that better than anybody. And it's time that producers and farmers were recognized for their for what we already do for climate change in this country. We are probably 30 years ahead of anyone that wants to talk about climate change because we've been you know adapting and, and changing the way we farm and what and how we manage our farms and and the soil and all of that for 30 years so the the whole fact that we now sequester this carbon is time that we got recognition for what we do do let's start there and then let's look at exemptions for heating of barns and heating of you know greenhouses and the and the fuel used to dry the grain on tough years like we had a couple of years ago. And, but first off, let's get recognition for what farmers already do. And yesterday, just hours before the election call, the federal government announced that they would provide up to $500 million to support farmers facing extreme weather and drought through the agri-recovery funding. So it looks like the full amount will be available. Your reaction? I think that's a great announcement. Our livestock sector is in really tough shape right now with access to feed and water, and we need to ensure that these producers have the money available to get the feed they need, to drill wells, do whatever they need to maintain the livestock. I want to still, when I go to the store, buy Canadian beef, so I want to ensure that those livestock sector guys have what they need to ensure that they can continue. On the grain side... You know, yeah, we're seeing reduced yields in Western Canada with this widespread drought. But, you know, one positive is that the markets have maintained record highs in lots of crops. So that's a that's a positive for the grain side. The cattle guys, on the other hand, they really need the support this year. Ian Boxall is a vice president of APAS. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca And Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialist. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. The federal government has approved $500 million for drought relief, which includes $100 million announced several days ago. The money will cover Ottawa's share of an agri-recovery program in Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba, and northwestern Ontario for livestock producers. B.C. has yet to announce details of its program. In Saskatchewan, $119 million will come from the province, another $178 million from Ottawa, 
for a total package $297 million. The amount is half what cattle producer organizations had been requesting. Arnold Balicki from Shellbrook is the chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. We know there's going to be producers who just have to sell no matter how much money they get. There's, how do you buy feed that's not there? or How do you compete with the prices that the Americans are coming up and buying feed for up here? So just kind of everybody's kind of in a, a real pickle, but surely the goodness is $200 a head is going to help. What is going to happen and how will this money uh, flow out? To, has uh, the CCA or, or SAS Cattlemen's Association, do you have guys have any idea what's going to happen or when will we know how this is going to flow out? Well, our understanding is something, uh, the $100 per cow that the province uh, of Saskatchewan made the announcement on, we understand that's supposed to start flowing the, the uh, 15th of September. Applications are supposed to be uh, being made up now as, as we're speaking, and and then they will they'll go from there. Then the other $100, kind of a top-up from the Fed through Ag Recovery, is, is coming at the end of the year after we do our uh, herd inventories at year-end. In some cases, producers have already made culling decisions. I understand Swift Current has already booked in 10,000 cows for the month of August, and they figure that's going to even be a lot higher than that. And I heard the other day from a really good friend of mine that there are some cows that are coming in that are really, really on the thin side. Obviously, they didn't have enough groceries to put weight on. Eh? And unfortunately, that's probably just the start. <laughs> That's just the start, and that's why we thought it was so critical, the announcement of this money from both levels of government, and and hopefully we can avert some issues where cattle are thin. Frustration is running high, and some of that spilling over onto Twitter and other social media. People want to beak us on social media, and I think that's a lot of that is just pure frustration. They don't know what to do. Their livelihoods are at stake. They're the livelihoods of their of their families and their kids and you know going to university and how do they pay for that so i understand the frustration and then you have the the odd producer who's on social media who's really beacon at us and for those people who do that i i really encourage and suggest that they run for a position on the on the board of directors for sca you know they obviously have answers to some terrible situations we find ourselves in and we would most welcome to have them sit on our board and help us work through times that are terrible. This isn't going to be the only time that we get into uh, something really bad. But So we need those people that have all this expertise that obviously they know the, all the answers because they're telling us we're doing it all wrong. So, But uh, for the most part, it's just people venting, and, and I don't blame them. They have to do something. They can't hold it in anymore. We had lots of producers phone me, and, and they really vent, and, and I just listen to them because I know exactly where they're coming from because as a cattle guy, I'm in the same boat. We only got 40 to 45% of our feed. We're fencing out the sloughs because the water's toxic, so we're hauling water. So I'm in the same boat as everybody else. And this year is worse than any other year because it, four provinces, along with B.C., not only have drought, but they got uh, fires there. So I, I doubly feel bad for them. It's just a horrible situation. Arnold Balicki is chair of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. 
Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I am joined right now by Executive Vice President of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Dennis Laycraft. Dennis, how are you? I'm great, Sean. Glad to be back in Canada. Yeah, busy week for you down in good old Nashville, Tennessee. Not necessarily down on Broadway, but uh, working the rooms at the NCBA Cattle Convention. Um, first of all, Dennis, uh, I guess it's good to be able to go to some in-person events again. Yeah, it was definitely great to get down and, and see everybody. And so with each of these organizations, the leader change their president uh, moves each year. So to stay current with everyone and as well, uh, you know, we've developed a lot of great relationships down there. And you know, they were really appreciative that we made the effort to get down there. What were some of the main issues, Dennis, that uh, you you had in your your day timer to make sure that you know you were addressing and talking about? There were um, three probably main issues that we were looking at. One, there's a lot of discussion down there about uh, transparency in cattle pricing. Uh, there's some legislative initiatives around. Uh, putting some requirements on cash trading and so forth. So there was a lot of discussion there with their um, the cattle market committee. And interestingly enough, they're, you know, they're, they're, they believe they're approaching the point where the triggers aren't being triggered anymore that they were worried about and that the uh, labor, which is actually starting to shift more back to sellers than to the buyers. So anyhow, that was an interesting discussion we are are always following country of origin now most of the discussion down there is about voluntary and how they deal with whether you use product of us and what would be the criteria to qualify for that under voluntary or ctb has been pushing for processed in the u.s and this has been triggered by some product that's been imported and basically just sliced up and uh, put into tray packs and sold as product or product to the U.S. So that was discussed, but there was a very strong emphasis in CBA that anything that's done has to meet their international trade obligations. And then they're getting ready to announce their new goals, like we have done on sustainability. So we were there working closely with them to um, talk about that and the U.N. Uh, food Systems Summit. We just saw the pre-summit meetings completed and we're heading towards the actual food system summit meeting in New York this fall. Yeah. Those are the main uh, main items we we were engaged on. In terms of cool and this product of the USA label, what I have, from the beginning of this initiative, at, at 100,000 feet, it makes a lot of sense, some of the changes that they're talking about. But scope creep has been my concern that changes to the product of USA label the scope starts to creep where we start to enter the realm of how do we make mandatory of country of origin labeling happen in the U.S. There are people like Senator Mike Rounds out of South Dakota really, really continuing to push for this. It's no secret. He, you know, he says, I want mandatory. Um, in your discussions down there, Dennis, did you get like what, what's the sense of how far this these changes to this part of the USA label goes? 
you know, so far I'd say they're, they feel it's, they're going to keep this sort of narrowed down to deal with this, um, product versus processed in the U S but it's one that candidly we're always watching and, you know, we're very pleased to see our ambassador come out with a very strong statement. Oh, it was over a month ago that we still have the right to retaliate if they bring back in. And some of these can be brought in in a way that they, they'll claim they're voluntary, but in, in fact, they become de facto mandatory. And, you know, if they did bring in something that we felt was de facto mandatory, we would still be in a position to retaliate because of um, the fact that we won the cases with the WTO and none of us want to get there now. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, there is a heat warning across the southern grain belt. Sunny sky, widespread smoke, wind west 20 gusting to 40. The high today, 34 degrees, the low 15. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers late in the afternoon and evening. Local smoke, wind northeast 20, gusting to 40. The high tomorrow, 28, the low 13. Wednesday, cloudy and cool, 30% chance of showers. The high 18, the low 10. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 11. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 11 again. Saturday, cloudy... 60% chance of showers, the high 21, the low 11. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 22. Normal high is 25 for this date. The normal low is 9. The sun rose at 549 this morning. It sets at 817 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot in the southwest corner, Valmarie, is 35. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at 15. In Regina with sunny sky, but there's a lot of smoke in the air. It's 32, that's 90 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-southwest, 32 gusting to 42. Humidity, it's dry, 19%. The barometer dropping 100.0. Smoke in Moose Jaw, 33. Winds are from the west-southwest, 39 gusting to 52. Once again, Regina, sunny through smoke. It's 32, that's 90 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com, and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Hail insurance adjusters are looking at more than 327 crop damage claims in the first 10 days of August. The president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association, Scott McQueen, says the early August storms caused light to medium damage in central and northern Saskatchewan and Alberta. 
He says the biggest hailstorm in Saskatchewan so far this summer was July 22nd. Well, there's been numerous storms uh, throughout Saskatchewan. I guess the the two uh, the two big the two big dates are, are likely July 11th and the 22nd. So. Um, the 22nd being the storm that uh, all the companies are currently working on still uh, on the adjusting side. Kind of through that hold fast, uh, that area was where we saw a lot of the major damage. Um, we've, and, you know, going past that, we've got some stuff up north, uh, Shellbrook, Spiritwood, um, with some heavy damage up there as well. So it's been a little bit of a, you know, tumultuous year with claims and claim payouts, but that's sort of the name of the game for us. And we're, we're happy to be here for, for all of our farmers. Are losses above or below normal for this year? So claims in general are, are uh, claim numbers are down on a, on a five-year average, but loss payments are up. We're obviously experiencing a, a tough year with lack of moisture, so uh, crop conditions obviously aren't the greatest this year, and that's uh, that also plays into effect on, on uh, canola plants don't have as many pods, and, and, and so uh, adjustments are a little heavier. So we're seeing probably a you know, a 10-year high on uh, on average uh, payout per claim this year in Saskatchewan. How big were the hailstones and how big was the loss in those storms you mentioned in July? Well, I don't have the entire industry numbers, but I can tell you that we've had stones as big as baseballs reported. Actually, some of our adjusters uh, were out in Foam Lake at one point in July doing claims, and, and uh, all of their vehicles were damaged with golf ball-sized hail. So, we're seeing, you know, typical pea size to extremely large size hail. Payouts, there's a fair amount of 100% loss on uh, multiple farmers uh, all across the province from the north to the south. So there's, uh, yeah, there's tremendous loss in just about all parts of Saskatchewan. Tell me about storms in August, if there have been many or any. Yeah, we've had a few. Um, we've just had some scattered showers. Uh, some in the north, we've had, you know, some central Saskatchewan and just, a, you know, a couple scattered hailstorms in the south. So August has been, you know, a little bit of a relief for the companies, especially since most of them, or I think all of them are still working on, you know, our July 22nd storm. So a slow August so far has been, has been welcoming for the companies. When do they hope to have the adjustments done? So I think, you know, with... You know, we're looking at mid-August right now for a date. So once we get into later August, we should see most of the companies wrapping up all their, you know, their mid-August to, to early August storms. You know, once harvest, and harvest is rolling, so that opens up a lot of fields for us. So the access to, for us to get to claims is a lot faster. So it, it certainly helps with the speed of adjustments. It, it is tough for our, for our farmers out there, obviously, with... You know, they'd love to see an adjuster, especially on these latest storms. It's just, we go by date. So we, we like to get, you know, the, the latest date uh, or the earliest storm date we have done before we move on to the next, you know, the next storm date. But with crops opening up uh, with harvest, we've got lots of producers leaving us samples. That's nice, and it speeds up our claim process. You're asking farmers to leave check strips. You bet. Yeah, no, and it's it's obviously not something they, they love to do, but it's just it's necessary for us, you know, so we can get out there and, uh, and service them the best we can. Scott McQueen of Saskatoon is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. CN Rail has unveiled its grain plan for the 2021-22 crop year and announced record movement for the past crop year. 
David Shidnovic, Director of Sales and Marketing, outlines two major objectives for the new crop year. The grain plan includes CN's assessment of how much grain and processed grain products that it expects to move over the course of the crop year, and it includes the actions that CN has taken or will take to enable CN to move that volume of grain. The grain plan has been very useful to our cross-functional planning processes and to engage with our customers and other stakeholders about the realities of grain movement in the end-to-end supply chain from the planning stage all the way to destination. And this is a live document. We update it on a monthly basis as the crop year progresses to incorporate new information as well as assess the end-to-end grain supply chain's performance on CN against what was presented in the grain plan. That's in addition to the detailed weekly grain supply chain report that we prepare. Shidnovic says the pandemic provided some challenges to moving products this past year. He says a train derailment last September and severe winter weather caused disruptions. He says CN had a record year for grain movement in the crop year ending August 1st. Well, in spite of all the challenges I just described, CN moved over 31 million metric tons of Canadian grain via carload in the 2020-21 crop year, exceeding the previous record set in 2019-20 by over 1.6 million tons. That also exceeds the upper end of the 27.5 million to 29.5 million range of grain movements CN projected in our 2019 grain plan. In addition, CN moved over 1.1 million metric tons of grain from Western Canada in containers, in addition to volumes moved out of Eastern Canada. So over 32 million metric tons of Canadian grain and processed grain products shipped in the 2020-21 crop year, as well as 14 consecutive months of record grain movement between March 2020 and April 2021. This record grain supply chain performance also occurred at a time when overall traffic levels in September 2021 forward were actually higher than at the same time the year previous, with CN also notching monthly record volumes for commodities such as intermodal, lumber, propane, and fertilizer shipments. Contrary to what some people have said, CN didn't move more grain because it moved less of everything else. CN moved more grain thanks to strong demand and strong operational performance. Every player in the supply chain contributed to these record results. Shidnovic expects another busy year this year for grain movement. He says CN has the resources to move this year's crop to market. He says new capital investment will reach $3 billion in the year, and CN is adding 200 grain hopper cars a week into the system. David Shidnovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing for CN Rail. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for feed barley rose $5 at $339.65. Canola gained $14.90 at $890.62. Lentils increased $15 at $907.50. Number one red spring wheat fell 97 cents at 375.35. The rest were unchanged. Durham 552.43. Flax 809 dollars 21 cents. Oats 298.53. Yellow peas 453.75. Feed wheat 261.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange this morning, hard red spring wheat for September fell four and a quarter cents at nine dollars 40 cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Crowley bringing the market report from Heartland Swift Current Monday, August 16th. We had another busy week last week with almost 2,000 head on offer. Tomorrow we'll be having 1,500 head on offer. 
with 400 yearlings, 300 calves, and 800 cows. The fall run is on. Here are last week's quotations. Cows were bringing 70 to 76. D3 cows, 65 to 72. Mature bulls, over 1,900 pounds, $1.10 to $1.24. Lighter bulls, 90 to $1.10. Here are the quotations. Steers. Three to four hundred pounds steer calves, two seventy five to three oh five, four to five hundred pounds, two thirty five to two sixty five, five to six hundred pound calves, two ten to two forty. Seven to eight hundred pound steers are one ninety to two oh five, eight to nine hundred pounds, one eighty to one ninety two and a half, nine hundred to thousand pound steers, one seventy five to one eighty five seventy five. Heifer. Calves, three to four hundred pounds, one ninety five to two twenty five. Four to five hundred pounds, one ninety to two twenty. Five to six hundred pounds, one seventy five to two dollars. Eight to nine hundred pound heifers, one seventy to one seventy five and a half. Eight to nine hundred pound heifers, one sixty eight to one seventy four. Just a note before closing: the fall run is on. So please book your calves and yearlings for the upcoming sales. They're going to be huge from now on to Christmas. Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, two thirty-six forty-seven per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The CFIB says the economy is the number one issue for small business to be addressed in the upcoming federal election. Small business recovery comes in at second on the want list, but less than a quarter of business owners are confident their concerns will receive enough attention during the campaign. The CFIB has launched a new petition for business owners on its website to tell all federal parties what measures they want to see in their platforms. A recent separate opinion poll says Canadians also want to see small business issues addressed in the federal election. The economy and small business recovery ranked in the top five election issues for Canadians. The measures business owners want to see include improved pandemic relief programs, reduction in the tax burden, controlled government spending, and policies to resolve labour and skill shortages. On the markets, the TSX is down 39 points at 20,478. The Dow has fallen 14 points at 35,501. Oil is down 94 cents at 67.50 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 37 one hundredths of a cent at 79.52 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.